Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Let's say something from Matthew chapter 6 verse number 9. Well, I'm talking about expressing the kingdom of God. Expressing the kingdom of God. That's what I just want to be sharing with, with us. So, Matthew 6 verse number 9 is an important scripture. Uh, here Jesus said, after this manner, therefore you pray. But let's look at verse number 8 first. Verse number 8. Verse 8. I say, be ye not therefore like unto them, for the Father knoweth whatever things that you need of him before you ask him. And about when you look at the account in the book of Luke, the disciples came and said, teach us to pray. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. and then we are meant to understand that they are the disciples of John, and then the ministry said, John told the disciples to pray. Now we would like you to teach us to pray. That means if you were a disciple of Jesus, you don't pray. I mean, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you don't pray like the disciple of John. That means John had something that he was focusing on. And the disciples were focusing on that same thing. Now they came to Jesus and they began to see that the mode of operation that they had with John cannot fit into that of Jesus. I don't know if you understand that. So it tells us something that prayer actually reveals to you the mindset of the one you believe in. The mindset of the one you believe in. The mindset of the one you're following. Your prayer pattern reveals it. In other words, if you are truly following a man, you should be able to know how to. Because one thing is this. The prayer that he taught them to pray was to reveal his will and the will of the Father. So, verse 9 says, After this man and therefore pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as not in heaven. In other words, that prayer was to bring down God's will, God's intent, God's purpose, God's desire. He wanted that to bring that thing to come to be. Now the question is, has that prayer been answered or is yet to be answered? How could Jesus tell a disciple to pray this prayer 2,000 years ago and the prayer was not answered? Up to this hour. There's something is wrong with our theology. Hallelujah. And we're going to say something as we just move on a little bit. Now. I would like us to read this from the message translation. And I want to read from verse 7 if you have it. Message translation. Matthew 6 verse number 7. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. I want you to get this. You could be a prayer warrior, but you could be a prayer ignorant. In other words, like I was trying to say, 
If for instance you were in the camp of John and now you join to the camp of Jesus and you see praying the way you were praying before with John, you are a prayer warrior but a prayer ignorant. Because you are not in season. You are not in tune with what God intends doing right now. You know, in Acts chapter 18, we find the same principle happen. We have one, Apollos, was a great man, an apostle, powerful, in fact, scripture referred to him as an eloquent man. But with all of that which he knew, and he was teaching a very fervent even in the church, he was limited to the doctrine of John baptism. He had no other understanding. And guess what? That's about almost about 20 years when the Holy Spirit had been poured out. He had no idea where the time was at that time. He was still functioning with the understanding that he got from John the Baptist. Until Priscilla and Aquila have to take him aside. And the Bible says they have to explain to him accurately. To make them know that they've come to another season. He was behind time 20 years. But was very fervent. You can be a wonderful Christian, but not be in season. Do you understand this? So here we see, you have men full of, you know, so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice. Peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. But as I said, don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with. And he knows better than what you need. Verse 9. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our father in heaven, reveal who you are. Praise God. Did you get this? Verse 10 now said, set the world right. Do what is best as above, so below. With your father like this. Now there's something now I want you to pick from here. He will praise the prayer. We wants to praise this prayer. Which you call. People call it the lost prayer. But that is very erroneous. That's not the lost prayer. That's the disciples prayer. It was the disciples that said teach us to pray. So it was not the prayer of Jesus. So you can't call it the lost prayer. It was the disciples prayer. Does it make any sense to you? If you really want to talk about a lost prayer, you go to John 16, 17. That's where you're going to find a lost prayer. When he prayed. Is that okay? But this one, he said, teach us to pray. It was the disciple who was teaching to pray. So you can't say it's a lost prayer. It was the disciple's prayer. Hallelujah. And he said, you're dealing with God. That's what I want you to bring out. You're dealing with God. That's the same. This prayer brings you to the place of personal relationship with God. When he said, our father. He was just simply telling them, my father is also now who? Your father. That is that your approach to God is not that of a father and son relationship. This prayer brings you home to who God really is. God is a universal concept. But for us as believers, God is our father. There's a big difference between God the creator and God being your father. Is that okay? Praise the living God. Again, I would like us to look at Matthew chapter 12 verse 28 from the King James. 
Here in Matthew 12, he was doing some miracles, casting out devils from people. And the Pharisees came, they wanted to reject him, telling the people not to believe in him. And they said, oh come on, you don't need to follow this man. He's casting out devil with the spirit of Bezebub. That's a demon. And verse 28 now says, But if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then what? The kingdom of God is come unto you. Do we have your Amplified Translation? Look at verse 28 in the Amplified Translation. And listen. If I by the Spirit of God that I drive out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you before you expected it. Now guess what? He told them to pray for the kingdom in Matthew chapter 6. Is that okay? Here in Matthew chapter 12, he's telling the people, if what I'm doing is by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom has already come before you expect it to happen. In other words, the time of the fulfillment of that prayer is still ahead of time, but now you are experiencing it before that time. You understand that? Praise the living God. Now, there is something I want you to pick here. If I cast a devil by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. What is that supposed to mean? Here we are looking at Give us Ephesians 2. Let me show you what happens. Ephesians 2 verse 1 and 2. You can use the King James, whatever. Ephesians 2 verse 1 and 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. That's what I want. And you, he had made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sin. And verse number 2. In which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the cause and fashion of this world. We're under the sway of the tendency of this present age. Following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit. That still constantly walks in the sons of disobedience. The callous, the rebellious and the unbelieving. Who go against the purposes of God. At one time, this was your life. At one time, this demon power spirit was in your spirit. Inhabited your spirit. Controlling you. Doing things that were completely contrary to the purposes of God. So when the Bible talks about if I cast out devils. It's simply saying this. When the spirit that was controlling you is cast out, God's own spirit replaces that spirit that was in your life. Are you getting what I'm talking about now? Good. That means there was a replacement of the controlling factor in your life. That's what we're saying in Matthew 12, 28. If I cast a devil by the spirit of God, and the kingdom of God, I don't know what has come unto you. Are you getting it now? So the kingdom comes into your life. Now, come on, help me, Father. The kingdom comes in your life through the Holy Spirit. Let me show you. Give me Romans 14, verse 17. Just use King James. Make it quicker for us. If I want you to move, you move. King James. Romans 14, 17. Hallelujah. Look at this. For, look at this. The kingdom of God is what? Not meat and drink. 
But what? Righteousness and peace and joy. What? In the Holy Ghost. Now if the Holy Ghost is the carrier of the kingdom. And the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost. Then that prayer was already answered. Did you get this? It is the Holy Spirit that carries what? The kingdom. If I cast a devil by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. So you can't be expecting the kingdom to come tomorrow. You are already in the kingdom. That prayer that he asked them to pray in Matthew chapter 6 was answered on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit was poured out. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. So that's exactly what you're telling them after this point of praying. So now, the full manifestation of that prayer was on the day of Pentecost. And there's something I want to show you about that. You know, on that day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, we're told that they had about 120 in the upper room. Is that okay? Now give me Second Chronicles chapter 5 verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 5 verse 14. There were 120 in the upper room the very day that the Holy Spirit was poured out. Second Chronicles chapter 5 verse 14. So that the priest could not stand. Now this was the commission or dedication of Solomon's temple. So that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Now I would like us to take it from verse 12. Let's go to verse 12. Go, to, go back to verse 12. Also delivered, which were the singers, all of the, of Asaph, of Haman, of Jedon, to we, their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and sorceries, and harms stood at the eastern end of the altar, and with them an hundred and twenty priests, sounding watch the trumpet. How many do you find here? One twenty. What was happening? They were inaugurating the new temple that had just been built. So you see, when you get a 120 in the upper room, they were inaugurating the new season that God just brought into place. Are you getting what I'm saying here? When Solomon Philip in the temple, now you see, you see, Paul will tell you, no, you know, you are what? The temple of God. So the temple of God was commissioned by the 120 in the upper room. While they were coming down, you find that the religious people were in the physical temple. God's own temple was being built and commissioned in the upper room. When they came down, they started speaking in tongues and they thought that they were drunk with wine. But that was the commissioning. When they came out and began to speak to the people, a new world was coming forth. A new season was coming forth. A new day was dawning. Is anybody understand what I'm saying here? And that's what exactly what you see here. And so, we have the new priest of Melchizedek coming down to declare a new season against that of the Levites that were ministering in the temple. And this is exactly what is happening. So when we talk about the kingdom coming, we're talking about the people who have come to the realization of God's eternal purposes being made manifest on the face of the earth. We don't die to get to the kingdom. We are born into the kingdom. And you can't wait till tomorrow to get into the kingdom. You should be in the kingdom now. Hallelujah. So that's exactly what happened. You see the 120 there. Blowing the physical trumpet. I mean, 
in the upper room, bringing the people down, getting them to understand the new season that was just bettered by the power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus resurrected. Now, let's even bring it back home. Let's give a simple definition of the kingdom. What did he say in Matthew? I mean, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is what? Not meat and drink, but what? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Let me show you something again before I begin to give you the definition. That Romans 14, 17. And then we'll go to verse 18. Romans 14, 17, very interesting passage you need to read. Hallelujah. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but what? Righteousness and peace and joy, what? In the Holy Ghost. Look at the next verse. Verse 18. For he that in these things, what things? What things? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things served Christ is what? Acceptable to God and approved what? Of man. Did you get that? He who serves Christ in these things. What things? Righteousness. Which righteousness? Christ's righteousness. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. He be made unto us righteousness, redemption. You understand that justification and sanctification. Christ's righteousness. We're talking about the peace of God which passes all understanding. We're talking about the joy of God which no man can give. Praise God. All of this comes from the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that releases the righteousness, the peace, and the joy of God. And when you start serving God in those three dimensions of life, you are acceptable to who? To God and approved of man. Praise the living God. So it's not about look of a formula to please God. No, 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 no. No, no, you don't need to look for a formula to please God. If you have to look for one, there's the formula. Now let me give you this simple definition. Let me give you this simple definition. You see, your coming to Christ is, is you need to know who you are. You need to know where you are. You need to know why you are where you are. I, I like to establish people. I like to grow people to become mature people who can stand wherever they are by themselves without anybody propping them. They should know why they believe what they believe. That is what it means to be a minister. People should be able to know why they believe what they believe and they know why they are believing what they are believing. So that nobody tosses them to and fro. You can't shake somebody who understands who he is as far as God is concerned. Let me give you this simple definition. What exactly again now is the kingdom of God? Now, in the natural, you have what we call the animal kingdom. Right? The fish kingdom. The reptile kingdom. The flowers kingdom. Then you talk about like pets. Right? Dog, pussycat, whatever. You can still split in them. But all of this in how different shade what I would call DNA's characteristics features a dog for instance except for whatever breed you want to talk about it a dog cannot give birth to a pussycat am I correct? 
Because the gene in the dog is not in the pussycat. The attitude of a dog is not the same with that of a goat. Because a goat is a family of its own within the animal world. The way that they shout, the way they cry, whatever the case may be, is completely different from that of a lion, for instance. They have the same species, the same DNA, with which they do whatever thing they do. So you have the animal kingdom. Now, when you talk about the animal kingdom now, or the plant kingdom, or the tree kingdom, we are saying they have the same characteristic, the same design, the same DNA, the same attitude. Uh, are you following what I'm talking about? Right. They have all of this in that accompanies them. You, you don't teach a dog how to bark. You understand what I'm saying? The barking energy is already configured in the little puppy. As he's growing up, he le- he's not learning. He barks naturally because that is his nature. Are you getting what I'm talking about now? I want you to follow me. That's very important. You can't teach an eagle. Okay, which other animal you that I need something that think about any other animal that you know that is very common and the attitude, even the dog. Look at the dog. You don't see the dog behaving like a fowl. Am I correct? Good. But remember, they all have wings, they all have feathers. But this is a family. It's a unique family. The dog is different from the fowl or the chicken. Are you there with me? <laughs> Something just been to me. The way they kill chicken is not the way they kill dogs. It's a chicken are very vulnerable animals. Even though they are within the family of birds. You can call them birds altogether. But how many of you go to the market and you see the, the meat of the dog the way you see that of the chicken? Alright. Now, this is also a characteristic feature of the dog. I don't know if I get in this. I want you to pick what I'm saying. Now, having put all of these things together, if you have the dog family, you can say the dog kingdom, the chicken kingdom, the pussycat kingdom, the dog kingdom. When you now talk about God's kingdom, what do you think you're talking about? You're describing a community of people that have the same characteristics. I don't know if I get in that. By implication, we are born into God's own family. So now we have the same characteristics, the same DNA, the same blood, the same attitude of that of God. So God's kingdom simply means God's kinds of people with the same characteristics. So when we say expressing the kingdom, we are talking of expressing the character of God. The nature of God. The attitude of God. The sentiments of God. The joy of God. The compassion of God. That's what we mean by expressing the kingdom of God. 
Praise the living God. So, that is just a simple definition. Revealing or expressing the kingdom, we are simply expressing the very nature and the qualities of God, who is the king in his kingdom. The father of the sons that make up all the kingdom of God. He is our father. You see, Jesus came and made the statement, I am a father one. They said, what's wrong with you? You are a human being. How can that be possible? I don't know if you understand what I mean. But you knew what he was talking about. Because you see, when the Holy Ghost came upon Mary, the angel told Mary, that which shall be in thee shall be called what? The Son of God. He said, the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. And that holy thing that shall be in thee shall be called what? The Son of God. So you see what happened? Jesus took his blood from God, but took his flesh from Mary. So he was not a human being in terms of fathering, but he was a human being because of Mary. Are you getting this now? Now the point is this. Oh glory. The point is this. You see, it takes the father to give character to the child. By reason of the blood. I don't know if you're getting this. The reason that Jesus had to come through a human being is because he has to redeem mankind who are human beings. And the law is there has to be a kinsman to redeem a kinsman who is in debt or slavery. So he called that the kinsman redeemer. And if he does not take your nature, he is not qualified to redeem you. So for him to be qualified to redeem you, he has to take the nature that you have to become your brother. Because you only take a brother to redeem a brother who is in debt. Are you getting this now? Therefore, he has to take this flesh nature, which is the human nature from Mary, but the blood that was in his life was that of God. So he was the son of God and the son of man. Are you getting this now? And the, oh glory, the day you are born again by the Spirit, you are now son of God and son of man. Because Jesus is our senior brother. We have the same blood, the same identity. We have the same family, but it's our senior brother. And that's why I say we have to bring many sons into glory. Are you getting this? Therefore, you don't die to get into the kingdom. You can only be born again to get into the kingdom. Praise God. Praise God. So, the kingdom is simply a realm that is different from the life that we have before we are born again from above. Now, like we said before, in the book of Romans, the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in expressing the kingdom, we are talking of representing or presenting the reality of the kingdom of God in this world as a state of being amongst men. 
And this is what Jesus came for. Jesus didn't come to take you up. He came to remold you. I was sharing with them on, on Wednesday. Listen to this. Abraham had righteousness imputed to him. But you don't have righteousness imputed to you. You have righteousness impacted to you. For Abraham, it was a record. Okay, it's like you have some record and put it, okay, right, credit him that is righteous. But for you, it's not writing it outside of you. It's imparting its nature into you. So it's like an exchange of nature. He took your weakness and gave you his strength. So you don't define righteousness by what you do. Because righteousness is who you are. Are you following this? We're well, looking for expressing the kingdom through the qualities, character, attitude of who God is that men have never seen. That's what it means to express the kingdom of God. Amen? We are talking of it's not about making known the opinion or feelings of oneself. No. But revealing the attribute and character of God's kingdom. To people. It means to give expression to the static and creative impulses. Or abilities of oneself as one born of the Holy Spirit of God. When I talk about impulses and attitude. You should be able to understand this. For instance. God is creative. Huh? I don't know if you are getting that. God is creative. You refer to God as a creator. Isn't it? It means in expressing the kingdom, by reason of the spirit of God in your life, you become creative. You should be creative. In whatever environment and atmosphere you find yourself, you should be creative. That's how to express the kingdom. Hallelujah. Kingdom people truly are not copycats. They are innovators, originators, and creators. Why? Because God never copied anything from anywhere. He created everything within himself. How many of you understand that nothing comes out of nothing? You can't create nothing out of nothing. So where does the tree came from? They came from God. Because there was a time where there was nothing except about who? God. I don't know if you are getting this. So, it was an expression from himself that formed the tree. It's an expression from himself that formed the world. Everything you see came out of a source. And that source is who? Is God. A few years ago, I was at the airport in South Africa. And we're trying to board. So, we're going through checking in. And so we're in the queue. And somebody was standing by me and he said, Where are you going to, sir? I said, I'm going to Durban. He said, Oh, I'm going to Cape Town. And he now said, What do you do? I said, I'm, I'm a preacher. He said, Oh, a preacher? 
I'm an atheist. I don't believe there's God. I'm a geologist and we do research. There's nothing like God. I say, it's not true, yes. What do you define an atom to mean? Begin to define indivisible, this, whatever, whatever. All of those simple definitions you give about an atom, right? That's okay, fine. So you come to a point where there's something that cannot be divided. You said, they said that's true. I said, that thing that cannot be divided is the God I'm talking about. And he said, well, nobody have taught me this before. So, I say, so you see, you're only claiming to be an atheist, but you believe in God. Because you believe that there was a source for everything that ever came to being. And that source is what I'm telling you. It's called God. So, you are an unbelieving believer. And he said, excuse me, it's just that my ticket has been booked and I will have followed you to your conference automatically that man was converted. He got to believe for the first time that there is God. And have to prove from his own belief. Is that okay? Now you see, when you get to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 17, you see Paul did the same thing. When the people say, what does this Bible I got to talk to us about? Because like the Greeks, except you have a paper, a document, you can preach to the people. They were scientific, I mean, philosophical people, people like Socrates, Archimedes. You know, you can just go to the Greeks and talk to them anyhow. You can talk to the people. They are always good at learning new things, new discoveries. And so when Paul came in talking, they said, what are these babbler gods to talk to us about? Babbler means he's talking stupid. And Paul simply said, well, you know what? I was passing by yesterday and I find that you are very superstitious. I saw that you have an altar to the unknown God. That God you are worshipping that you don't know is the God I have come to show you. And they say, hey, we would like to hear you again tomorrow. He said, you don't, you don't criticize people. You use the opportunities and the situation they are to talk to them about God. That's expressing the kingdom. We don't attack people. No, we don't criticize people. Because we know that they are walking in ignorance of who they are supposed to be. We don't have the grace to have our understanding enlightened that they have not been given. As it were, the mystery of the kingdom has not been revealed to them. I wish this together. Praise the living God. It needs to convey a true impression of him who is born into and living in the kingdom of God. We express the kingdom. It means to manifest or produce character, molecule, or effect by a genetic process of that which the kingdom represents. Let's look at something in John 17. Help me, Lord. John 17, verse 18. Glory to God. John 17, verse 18. I, I just need to read this. Jesus made a statement here. As I have sent me into the world, even so have also sent them into the world. Oh, glory. Are we together? Jesus is making a statement here. That he was sent into the world. What was the purpose of his being sent? As you have sent me into the world, even so have I sent them. 
There was something that drove Jesus down here. And it's the kingdom of God. Look with me in Luke chapter 14. I mean, Luke 4, Luke 4, 43 and 44. Luke chapter 4, 43, 44. Somebody want to ask me a question a few months ago. So, Pastor David, what do you preach? Are you a grace preacher? I said, no, I don't preach grace. He said, so what do you preach? I said, I preach the whole counsel of God. Grace was really a fragment of the message of the kingdom. And as a matter of fact, Jesus never taught grace. Because he was grace personified. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, God sent him for something. And he said unto them, people were trying to keep him somewhere. And he said, I must preach what? The kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore I am what? Sent. What were they sent to do? To preach the kingdom. If you are a disciple, what are you supposed to be preaching? Now, somebody will say, I'm a holiness preacher. I'm a grace preacher. I'm a healing preacher. You're just deceiving yourself. Jesus preached one message. And that message is healing, is deliverance, is grace, is sanctification, is justification. Everything you want to think about is found wow, in this one message. This is the whole counsel of God. And see what we read in John 17 and verse 18. As you sent me into the world, even so have I sent them. So what was he sent to the world to do? To preach the message of the kingdom. What are you supposed to be doing? Preach the message of the kingdom. Praise God somebody. The reason we have conflict all over the place today is because we don't understand what the message is. Because the message is what? Righteousness. The message for peace. What are we looking for today even in Nigeria? Peace. If the church were to be preaching the true message of the kingdom, may we have peace, and where they have peace, they will become sons of God. For the Bible says, this purpose, when you become blessed, are the peacemakers, for they shall be called what? The children of God. Praise the living God. Go with me now to join it in. Let me show you something. But don't forget this. This is the reason why I'm sent. This is the purpose why I'm sent. Hallelujah. Mm. As you have sent me, so have I sent them. And I wonder if we did them are doing what he sent them to do. Look at the television. Look at what you hear. Look at what you see. Huh? The one that is not preaching grace is preaching prosperity. He said, Pastor, do you believe in prosperity 100%? Jesus said, I mean God himself declaring his word, the earth and the fullness thereof belongs to me. If I'm a child of the father, then I should own all things as well. What is prosperity? <laughs> Seek here the kingdom of God and all this which have a word added. Added. You don't look for the addition. You dig for the real thing. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? John 18, 33. Let me show you something. Reading fast. 
I like you still have some coffee around town. Coffee. Or is it coffee or coffee? Or what do you have? <laughs> you have coffee, coffee, and coffin. All of those things are still there. So we, we're going to. Okay, now this is when Pilate was judging Jesus. Is that okay? Well, I want you to follow it very quickly. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Are thou the king of the Jews? <laughs> Jesus answered him, Say thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell thee of, of me? You know what Jesus is saying? Who told you I'm a king of the Jews? Is it you saying it or somebody told you? And I will explain the implication of that statement. Are you a king of the Jews? I will give you the explanation. But let me just read on. 35. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? <laughs> the whole nation and the chief priests have delivered, oh glory, deliver up thee unto me. What have thou done? Remember, Pilate was governing on behalf of Rome. Is that okay? He was representing Rome in, in, the, in Jerusalem. And so the Romans were paying tithe, I mean, whatever, your taxes onto Rome. I mean, the Jews were paying their taxes onto Rome because Caesar was the king. Pilate was working for Caesar. Are you there with me? Verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then will my servant fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But none, now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are thou a king then? <laughs> Jesus answered, Thou said that I am a king. Glory. And I like this. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I what? Into the world. That I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone is of the truth. Hear the word, my voice. What did Jesus tell Pilate here? I am a king. I have a kingdom. Are you getting that? But let me first explain what he said when he said, Are you a king of the Jews? What he meant to say is this. If Jesus said he's a king of the Jews, that means the Jews will no longer pay taxes to Caesar. They will not pay taxes to Jesus. Because the people pay taxes to their king. You got the implication of that statement? Good. So I was trying to say. And if they accept that he's a king of the Jews. Taxes no longer go to Rome. That means there's a sedition. That means the Jews are about breaking away from Rome. That's the implication. But Jesus said, oh, my kingdom is not of this world. You know what he's trying to say? He didn't say, my kingdom is not found here. Remember what he said? For this purpose was what? Was I born? What was the purpose? Of being what? A king. Right here. Not tomorrow. He was born a king. Remember, where be the king of the Jews? When the wise men came. How many of you remember that? They knew he was a king. Oh, glory. Now, why did he say my kingdom is not of this world? So people ask, oh, Jesus said his kingdom have not yet come. And they begin to say, well, when he comes again, that's why he's going to set up the kingdom. That's not what he was saying. Can I explain something to you? This is what he meant to say. You see, when you look at the book of Daniel, time is not there for us to go. Go over there. You have the image of Daniel. The head was gold. Silver. 
bronze. Remember that? And then the stone feet, whatever the case may be. So first you have Babylon, you have Medopatia, you have Greece, you have Rome. Are you following that? Now every kingdom that conquers another kingdom takes its principle from the previous kingdom. So the Persians took part of their principle and economy from Babylon. Greeks took part of their principle from Medopatia, and you discover that all the other kingdoms that are coming, they become stronger than the first one because they are developing others and adding the previous knowledge that they have. Now, the last kingdom that was established in that image, the Bible says, in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set apart a kingdom which can never be moved. And that kingdom shall be given to the saints of the Most High. So it was in the days of these kings now, running from Babylon, Medopatia, Greece, and Rome, that Jesus was born to fulfill Daniel chapter 2. Are you getting it now? So when he told Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world, what he meant to say is this I do not take my economic principle from the previous kingdoms. I don't take my warfare principle from the previous kingdoms. My kingdom does not belong in principle to all the other kingdoms that have come to be. This one is new with different principle, different organization, different kind of people. Praise God somebody. That's what he was talking about. So it's not as if the kingdom is not established here. If you say the kingdom is not here, then the Holy Ghost is not here. Am I correct? So it was just simply tell the pilot, listen to me. I don't borrow economic principle from the previous kingdom. For instance, in the previous kingdom, you have to save hard to be prosperous. In God's kingdom, you give to be prosperous. <laughs> I don't know if you are getting this. Blessed. That's what the Bible said. It's more blessed to give than to do what? Than to receive. But for the man in the world, you have to hold. You have to keep. You have to save. You have to do all that you need to do. In fact, they tell you to save against the rainy day. But for the kingdom, saving against the rainy day is to invest in God's kingdom. I don't know if you are getting that. You know, Ecclesiastes says something. He says, man, cast that bread upon the waters. Right? For in many days end, you shall find them. Cast that bread upon many waters. Just cast them. Just cast them upon many waters. Many days you shall find them. In other words, that which you give out comes back to you. Oh, come on now. He said, he that watereth, we also have himself was watered. That is different from the principles of the world. The principle of the world, even like that of Moses, it's a tooth for a tooth and an eye for an eye. But Jesus' own principle of his kingdom is man slap you on this cheek, turn the other one. So it's a kingdom upside down. Praise the living God. That's why it's difficult for people to find the kingdom. Because nobody wants to give up what you call his rights. This is a place where you don't struggle for your rights. Hallelujah. 
Come on, is anybody following what I'm saying here? You see, when you truly want to talk about the kingdom, then you've lost everything. But yet you gain all things. That's why Jesus said, if you lost your soul, you will have it. But if we have your soul, you will lose it. That's the kingdom. When you give up, you get. But when you try to hold back, you lose. That's the kingdom. That's what it means. My kingdom is not of this world. The pattern of the kingdom is not in this world. Praise the living God, somebody. Are we still here? What are some of the qualities? What's the time, sir? Okay. What are some of the qualities of the kingdomites that we must exhibit as we go, oh, glory to God. Glory. As we go out to manifest, to reveal and to express the kingdom. What are some of those qualities? One of the first qualities of the kingdom is transparency. Transparency. You have to be transparent. Glory to God. The quality or state of being transparent. That is one thing you need to have and you need to use to express the kingdom. And let's look at this. Let's look at this. Revelation 21 verse number 1. I don't know how far I can go. Maybe I can pick up tomorrow briefly. Again, if you don't mind. Revelation 21 verse number 1. Revelation 21 verse number 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the fourth earth were passed away. This is very simple. And there was no more sea. Now, it's not talking about the globe. It's not talking about the art here. The four seven and the four air speaks of the Old Testament. <laughs> that will be difficult for you to grasp now. I hope I'm not injuring your mind. <laughs> they always tell me, take it easy. Maybe I have to take it easy. So let me leave these things. Mm. But did you understand it? The sea is not talking about the Atlantic Ocean. It's not talking about Mediterranean Sea. The sea speaks of people who don't have God. Who form up their own shame. That's what he meant by the sea. When he said there's no more sea, that there will be nobody on the earth who will not know the Lord. For at the name of Jesus, all kneels, not some, must bow. All song must confess that Jesus is Lord. No more see. That's what he's talking about. Nobody. <laughs> Time is not there to deal with all of that. But let's move on. Let me show you what I have. Verse number two. And I just saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. So the New Jerusalem is not the Jerusalem in the Middle East. Uh, that's why some people help me, Lord. Some people will think, well, if you want to pray for God to answer you, you have to go to Jerusalem and buy a shawl. You know the prayer shawl? You know what's prayer shawl? Do you, do you know the prayer shawl? That cloth people put on their neck. Okay, some of you have been seeing Nandi Kanu's, uh, whatever, when you went to Jerusalem. And that's the prayer shawl. You understand that? Now you find some Christian go buy all those kind of stuff. No, you are not a Jewish person. No. Even Abraham was not a Jew. Abraham was a Hebrew person. It was a grandchild of Abraham that are Jews. Jews are those who belong to the tribe of Judah. 
You don't connect to Judah. You connect to Abraham. So if you want to claim anything, you are a Hebrew person and not a Jewish person. And somebody wonder that you have to go to Jerusalem to see God. Crazy. There's nothing there. It's just another country. Just like Nigeria. How many of you understand that? In Israel, the percentage of Christians are the smallest. You have the Jews, you have the Muslims, and you have the Christians. The Christians are the smallest set of people in Israel. And then, <laughs> let's leave that. Go to verse, go to verse 3. Verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and he shall be what? Their God. The tabernacle. God wants to come dwell with you. God wants to come stay with you. You don't find God in the pages of the Quran or anywhere else. He wants, you are his dwelling place. You don't look for him. That's why Luke 21 he said, When shall the kingdom come? He said, The kingdom does not come with observation. Now that we they say, Lord, there are heal there. For the kingdom of God is within you. It's not far from you. So you don't go to Jerusalem to get into the kingdom. No, no, no. Hallelujah. Verse 21. Go to verse 21. I just want to show you what I'm looking for. And the twelve gates were twelve pills. And every several gate was of one pill. And the street of the city was pure gold. As it were was transparent glass. That's what I'm looking for. Now remember, he's describing the church. And he said the church was like a transparent glass. So one of the things that you need to express the kingdom with is transparency. When you deal with people, can we say what you say is the truth? If you're truly in the kingdom, can you cheat on your brother in terms of business deals? No, you can't. Even as a preacher, you don't use formula to take money from people. You have to be transparent. I went to a meeting. And here was a preacher preaching and he said, Before I came today, the Lord told me, Five people are going to get 50,000 in this place. If you are one of them, come out. Nobody come out. And he said, look, I don't, God doesn't joke with me. He was trying to intimidate the people. Nobody came out. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then he started cutting it down. 30,000, 20,000, 10,000, nobody came out. Until he came to 5,000, two people came out. Which God told you? You're just trying to raise money. Tell the people we need money. Simple. When Moses was to build the tabernacle, he said the Lord told me to build the tabernacle. Those who are willing, let them bring. And the Bible said those that God stirred their hearts, they brought. God told you five people to give 50,000. Nobody showed up. And if I mention a name of a brother in this country, you'd be amazed. He went to the U.S. to do the same thing. Nobody came out. And then the host came out and said, 
I didn't ask my guest to raise money for me. By implication, God didn't tell him. One of the big shots in this country. We're not transparent. That's not how to express the kingdom. We don't lie. Hallelujah. Let me show you something that will amaze you. Because I'm told I have five minutes more. Exodus 24 verse number 10. I like this. Don't forget what we're dealing with. A transparent glass. You've got to be transparent. You've got to be honest. In your dealings, let your year be year and your name be named. I mean, let it end there. Somebody wants, I mean, brother, can you give me money? Don't make promises that you can't fulfill. You don't have, you don't have. Are you here with me? Verse 10. 24 verse 10. Good. And they saw the God of heaven. That's in Israel then. And there was under his feet at his way a paved work of sapphire stone and as it were the body of heaven in what? In his clearness. What's the body of heaven? The church. You and I. That's what I was talking about. The body of heaven in Matthew 24 is what you find in Revelation 21. The transparency. Now let me show you how it works out in the New Testament. Look at it. Ephesians 5 verse 21. Ephesians 5 verse 21. Let's take the minute, three minutes. Just show you some scriptures. I don't know if I've helped in the body tonight. 524. Therefore, as a church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in everything. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I used to say this. Uh, permit me, I'm gonna I'm gonna break the rules now. Don't worry. But you see, <laughs> praise God, somebody. There's so much to say. So time is not always a very good. I, I hate time. I hate time. Look at this scripture. How many of you understand? Scripture tells us that Adam was not in the transgression, but Eve was. Have you read that? Book of Timothy? So why did Adam leave the garden? Because of this scripture. If Adam have not left the garden, in other words, Adam died because of Eve. If Adam have not left the garden, Jesus will not die for the church. Adam did not sin. It was Eve that sinned. And Bible says, they shall be saved even in the day of delivery. Do you remember that? But Adam was not in the transgression. Why did Adam have to leave the garden? God did not truly send Adam per se. Adam followed Eve because he cannot allow the wife to die in his absence. He has to be part of the wife to die. He died because of the wife. So Jesus had to die because of the church. Therefore, when you talk about marriage, (laughs) let's leave that. Go to verse 26 now. Hallelujah. Are you with me? He did all of that that he might do what? He must sanctify and cleanse it with what? The washing of water by what? By the word. What's the next thing? That he might present it to himself what? A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without what? Blemish, transparent. That's what you see in Exodus 24 verse number 10. That's what Jesus did for the church. He cleansed the church. No spot, no wrinkle. 
Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Come on. Are you following what I'm saying here? No spot. No wrinkle. Somebody said, but I can't see a perfect church. Yes, you can see because you don't have the eyes to see. As far as Christ is concerned, his wife is a perfect church. <laughs> it was part of his death to make the church perfect. That's why he said, I will build my church. Glory to God. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you can't catch this. Let me show you something. John 17, before he died, look at John 17 verse 16. Oh goodness. <laughs> John 17, 16. Look at what it says. They are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world. Though we are in the world, we are not of the world. By implication, our attitude, character, nature is not that of the world. Even though we are in the world. We can't leave the world because we are the salt of the earth and the light of this world. So you are not going anywhere in the first place. <laughs> Look at verse 17. Mm, I like this. Sanctify them what? Through thy truth. And what is the truth? Thy world is truth. So how do you get sanctified? Through the word. How do you get purified? Through the word. So if you are not having the word, you can't come to this place of perfection that we are talking about. If you are not reading the book, oh glory. You can even have faith to follow God. Sanctify them through that truth. Thy word is truth. And verse 17 says, And as I have sent me into the world, even so have also the world send them. Now go to John 13. I read that and then we are going to close from there. John 13 verse 8. I am you the issue of transparency. How transparent is the church supposed to be? We don't tell lies. Huh? If you are telling somebody to help you, let the person know I need help. And I know some people use their faith. I remember somebody speaking to me say, Hey brother, I am very rich. I, I just don't know but I don't know if you can... Uh, I said, no, if you are very rich, what is the other thing you want to add to it? You are rich, you are rich. You don't need to ask me for money. You are rich, you are rich. You should confess what you, who you are now. You say you are rich. Then why do you need my help? You are rich. I mean, we think that is faith. No. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. When you use the word hope, you are talking the word evidence. We are talking of expectation. What's expectation? If I promise you 10,000, I said tomorrow I'm going to give you 10,000. You should have expectation that tomorrow you get 10,000 because you believe I have the money to give to you. That is fake. I don't know if you're getting that. So when you say I'm very rich and you think that is fake, you're deceiving yourself. Tell the brother, man, I'm broke. Even the country self is broke. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. That's that no confession. Right? No, no, no. Say that. No, 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 no. Everybody you see in Hebrew, maybe on Sunday I'm going to deal with you all faith. Everybody you see in the book of Hebrews there, Hebrews chapter 11, it was what God said that they believed in. The wall of Jericho came down. It was not about necessarily shouting. Read from chapter 1 of Joshua chapter 6. God said, 
Six days, walk around the city. On the seven days, walk around the city seven times and blow the trumpet. It was an instruction given. We'll come to that. John chapter 8 verse 3. I mean verse 13, 8. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt not never wash my feet. Jesus answered. Remember when washing the feet in the upper room. Is that okay? Jesus answered him, If I walk down not, thou have no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Uh, Jesus said unto him, He that is washed need not save to wash his feet, but is clean every weight and you are clean but not all what it means then you are clean except judas how did he wash it through the world how you make clean today through the world praise god somebody so you are supposed to be transparent in your walk in your dealings in your relationship with people you should be transparent in whatever thing you do. Somebody came to me a few days ago and they were talking and I said they were having issues and the lady came to complain for the first time. Then I say, and the lady told me something. We'll be dating for five years. I say, dating? Said. So what date? Is it June, July? What date do you mean? <laughs> what date in the calendar? Stupid. There's nothing like dating in the scripture. What you have in scripture is betrothal. Mary was betrothed to Joseph. We know too Mary was dating Joseph. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm making sense to you. You put somebody say you are dating, counting January, February, counting calendar, and and then. Now it's coming to the place where the person wants to realize you are not bringing excuses. You are not washed by the word. Don't date people when you know you can't fulfill your obligations. You date to get married. You don't date and then tomorrow you say, I am thinking of stupid. You are not transparent. That's why you count all the months in the year. You are dating. Dating January to December. You are dating. Stop dating. Be betrothed. You know the difference between dating and betrothed? You may be dating somebody your parents don't know about. But when you are betrothed, both family knows that this man is a fiancé. is the one we know. That's the difference between dating and betrothed. You girls, listen. If any guy comes to you and says, uh, you just say, my father is there. Go and tell him. Go and tell my pastor. The day you made mention of that, the end of the matter. Because they know they are not committed. They are liars. Are you there with me? Oh, I love you. I like you. I like the way you talk. In fact, when you, when you breathe, it's like perfume. <laughs> Glory to God. And you see, where you walk, I'm losing my muscles. <laughs> Stupid things. You understand that? And then you fall for those nonsense. When he tells you that, I say, okay, are you serious? Oh, I'm very serious. Okay. That's my pastor office. Go tell him that you are. Eh? You understand that? It's not behind the scene. All those dating is behind the scene. 
you want, you are serious, say, see my pastor. Finish with the pastor, see my father. Even if it is two years time or three years time, let the people know you are the one we are sure of. You can't be dating two, three people. And you girl, you are handing this one you date after January and then you date June for another <laughs> call the date. They call the calendars. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? You can't be doing that. Praise God, somebody. I was, I was in a, I went in you know, Goa a few, few months ago. And a lady walked to me and said, ah, I perceive you are a man of God. I said, where did you sit on my forehead? He said, no, I just, something just told me a month ago. I said, what do you want? So I need help. What's your help? People are disappointing me. I said, no. You are fooling yourself. Nobody is disappointing you. Because anybody comes to say a word, you follow that one. By the time he sleeps with you, walks away. And he said, disappointed you. He was never prepared in the first place. They just wanted to sleep with you. And he must end it. And he said, Pastor, I said, that's exactly what I'm telling you. I said, right from today, anyone that tells you that you are very beautiful, they want to hang around you, show them your pastor. And that chapter closed, till today. But every day she calls me, thank you, pastor. Thank you, pastor. Because men have been using her only in the name of, I want to marry you. Not transparent. You can't be that as a child of God. You can't allow that as a girl. For every dick and hurry to cross you, because on silly talks, they come to talk to you. Send you silly movies, send you silly pictures, and then you, you, you forehead long and say, Oh, my boy, my boy, my baby. I thought that is, that is working somewhere. I thought, you say it's your baby. How can an adult be your baby? <laughs> you are not serious. That's why I don't think it's straight because he, <laughs> you call him baby, he calls you baby. How can babies be matured? No, you're all babies. Praise God, somebody. And there's a problem we're having. My baby. My baby. What, what baby? Somebody who is already 20, 50 and says the baby. What about if you have a child? What will you call the child? <laughs> That's the problem you have. Praise God, somebody. We use all this to deceive ourselves. But that is not how to walk in the kingdom. Amen, somebody. Just stand up. Let's pray for a moment. Stand up. Let's pray. Stand up, let's pray. Just want us to talk briefly. Uh, we're going to continue tomorrow. And there are a few things I'm going to be sharing with you tomorrow. Dynamic things that you need to know about tomorrow. Uh, there are some things you definitely have to handle tomorrow. Father God, I just want to thank you for tonight. I bless you for these people. And I demand, Holy Spirit, that God, you will instruct them even as they go in the name of Jesus Christ. Let this word be by you, accompany you, strengthen you, establish a new foundation for you, growing as a kingdom person, revealing the character, the nature, the attitude, the attribute of the Father. For we are in God's kingdom, we have to represent our Father to other people. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.